Well, hello, oddballs. It's your host, Bobby. And your co-host, Lexi. And this is Oddities on Elm Elm Street. So this is part two. Part to last week's episode. Dos. (laughs) And we are talking about Willie Picton. Last week, we went over his childhood, some of the crazy-ass stories about him, you know, some of the not-so-great women that helped him out, Yeah. Um, but just go listen to it, you know? Yeah, then you don't have to listen to us explain it all. So, Andy. Yeah, we we left off with with Andy, Uh, so I guess... Well, we left off with some factual information about the case. Yes, we did. We sure did. But we're gonna start now with going over some of Willie's victims. Let's do it. And these are not all of the women who went missing during this time. These are just the women who have been connected back and to Willie. Identified. Correct. So there's, what, yeah. 26 that were identified? Yes. But 49... Yeah. That he's... That he's claimed. Right. So. So, in 1997, Tanya Holick went missing. Tanya was an indigenous 23-year-old woman. She was working as a sex worker and struggled with drug addiction, but she got clean after getting pregnant, which... Good on her. Good for you, mamas. (laughs) So, things were really looking up for Tanya... On October 29th, she asked her ex, who was the father of her child, if um, he could keep their son for an extra day. They had an agreement where he would have their baby for two days out of the week, so she asked if he could keep him for three days because she really wanted to attend a Halloween party, which we know that the Picton Farm put on, like, huge parties. They also owned a bigness, a business, a bigness, a business, <laughs> a bigness, a big meals. They owned a business called, <laughs> wasn't it called like Piggy's Palace? Piggy's Palace Good Time Society. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> that so... makes me think of Spongebob and there's fucking Hell's Angel guys there. How like... does anyone take them seriously? <laughs> I do not know. Yeah, so... It was a charity. Supposedly, yeah. yeah. Didn't they have, like, uh, cockfights there? I think so. Or was it on their property? I don't know exactly where, but yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. But I, I read it was... Um, it was very vague. Mm-hmm. Um, Piggy's Palace, Good Time Society. It was a charity for service organizations. <laughs> um, What's that, that they, even mean? I don't know. <laughs> they raised money through... Dances and shows. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so if that's all it takes to run a charity, I'm, I'm interested. Canada, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on there. But, yeah, they always had these, like, raging parties and, like, the Hells Angels would be there, everything. So, we don't know it for a fact, but it could have possibly been the Halloween party that Tanya was <clears throat> referring to. Mm-hmm. So on November 1st, when she never arrived to pick up her son, the people in her life knew that something was wrong. 
Tanya's mother called the police and explained the situation, but the police pretty much responded by saying, like, oh, your daughter's just out having fun. Like, she's fine. Mm -hmm. Don't bother us. And uh, they pretty much closed the case. They kind of saw this as, like, her trying to escape the responsibility of caring for her son. And her son was only 11 months old at the time of her disappearance. And that really speaks to the fact that police really did not see these women as normal humans that had families and people that were in their lives that would miss them. They're like they less children. Dead. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. The whole it's, thing it's is very messy. sad. It's icky. Yeah. Also in 1997, 25-year-old Andrea Borhaven goes missing. Unfortunately, Andrea was completely homeless. She also struggled with her drug addiction and mental health and there's honestly not a lot that's known about Andrea. We don't know exactly when she went missing, but the last time she was seen was sometime in March. Mm-hmm. In August of 1997, 32-year-old Helen Hallmark went missing, but it's not known the exact day or time. She was also working as a sex worker. Helen, when she was in high school, she was a very popular cheerleader. She had a lot of people in her life that really cared about her. Helen's mother, Kathleen, was, as you can imagine, incredibly angry that police didn't search Willie's farm earlier. Yeah. She said, quote, they knew. We now know that they knew while she stood on the steps of Vancouver courthouse. She also said, quote, back in 1999, when they told us that they didn't believe anything was going on, it was an out and out lie. And now we're getting retired policemen coming forward and saying, yes, they did know. I don't know how they sleep at night. What price do we put on women's lives? They're not disposable women. We're not disposable families. I just want to make sure it stays alive until we find exactly what happened. So sad. And it's so sad that it's, like, so common Yeah, for this to happen. Yeah, this is a common theme, and it's really unfortunate. Jacqueline Murdoch was last seen on or around August 14th, 1997. She was also an indigenous woman and was also a sex worker. After she vanished, her mother, Evelyn, helped raise her children while her family looked tirelessly for her. They did go to police for help, but are still unsure if anything ever came from it. Next, we have Sherry Irving. Sherry was 24 years old and living with her friend, Renata. The two of them were also sex workers. One night in September 1997, Renata arrived back to the apartment to ask her something. Sherry was there with a friend who was going to take her back home to Vancouver Island. Her plan was to go back home to get clean, but Sherry and her friend started doing drugs together and they had run out of money. Mm -hmm. So now they didn't have enough money to pay for the trip back to Vancouver. So when Renata came to Sherry and told her that she had a job for her, she agreed. The job in question came from Dave Picton. Dave had asked if Renata could find a girl that could come to his farm to hang out with his brother, Willie. And hopeful to make some easy money, Sherry and Renata went out to the farm with Dave. When they got there, Willie took Sherry into his trailer, and that's the last time she was ever seen. Which is very sad, because she she was about to try to get clean, you know. That is really sad. 23-year-old Marnie Frey also went missing in August of 1997. Marnie grew up 
a popular girl but started hanging out with a bad crowd and fell into drugs. In May of 1997, she went into a, de a detox program, which she finished on May 30th, but a few weeks later, she unfortunately fell back into drugs. On August 8th, Vancouver police took her to the hospital after a drug overdose, but she survived. And on her birthday, August 30th, 1997, she went to a payphone to call her family, who told her that they'd be sending her some money and some clothes for her birthday. But when she never called them back to tell them that she had received her gifts, her family began to worry. So a week after her birthday, they went to report her missing. The police told them that it was too soon to suspect her being missing and told her told them to call back around Christmas. And it was August? August, yeah. Her social assistance check was cashed on September 24th, 1997. But that was the last sign that Marnie could still be alive. So. We now have Cindy Felix. While I was reading that book on the farm, it was telling a story from Cindy's childhood that is, like, absolutely disgusting. I guess her home life was really complicated and her dad wasn't super involved in her life. And when she was 16, she wanted to get to know more about who her father was. So her dad bought her a ticket to come and fly out to him. And when he picked her up, he offered her a joint and then tried convincing her to have sex with him. And he said that that's the best way for a father to get to know his daughter. <sighs> She's 16 years old. That's right, Miller. Fucking ew. Yeah. And then her dad, supposedly he had a gun and was threatening to burn his trailer down with both of them inside. So when she got back home from that whole incident, she started partying with her friends, drinking, doing drugs. In her 20s, she got married and got pregnant pretty quickly, and her daughter was born addicted to heroin. But after watching her baby suffer through withdrawal, she got clean and had a happy marriage for two years. But she relapsed, and her marriage ended, and so she began sex work to support her drug addiction. Cindy's daughter also kind of had the same fate. She fell into drugs and sex work as an adult. Cindy vanished on November 26, 1997, at the age of 43. Relatives began calling around asking who had last seen her, but no one had, and Cindy was the 12th sex worker to disappear just in that year. Diana Melnick was the last woman to go missing in 1997. She was 23 years old and was also a sex worker and drug user, but there's not much more known about her life. 38-year-old Carrie Koski went missing on January 7, 1998. She was a mother of three. And in February of 1998, 46-year-old Inga Hall went missing. She was born in Germany and was a mother and a grandmother. In April of the same year, 28-year-old Sarah DeVries went missing. Sarah had been adopted when she was an infant and her family tirelessly searched for her and hounded the police for answers after her disappearance. So unlike a lot of the other women, Sarah had a lot of advocates for her. She also had uh, John, that's what they call a lot of their clients, mm -hmm. that was in love with her. His name was Wayne. He went to police about her. They brushed it off. He took matters into his own hands and started putting up posters all around the city 
week after week. And he also set up a tip line to try and help locate Sarah. Good for him. Yeah. They did find a journal of Sarah's. She really liked to write poetry. And a few years before she went missing in 1995, at that point, they it was just the beginning of what a lot of people were suspecting might be the works of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. So she had an entry in there saying, quote, Am I next? Is he watching me now? Stalking me like a predator and its prey? Waiting, waiting for some perfect spot, time, or my stupid mistake? How does one choose a victim? Good question. If I knew that, I would never get stumped. And then she became one of his victims. In January of 1999, 22-year-old Jacqueline McDonald went missing. She had one child. Jacqueline, like many of these other women, had gotten clean after finding out she was pregnant, but she unfortunately fell back into that life after the baby was born. She was also a sex worker, and she was reported missing after she stopped showing up at a women's resource center that she regularly attended. The next to go missing was 32-year-old Brenda Wolf. She was last seen in February of 1999. She had a son who she had gotten clean for, kind of the same story, fell back into drugs and sex work after he was born. But Brenda wasn't reported missing until April 25th of 2000. Jennifer Firminger was also, also went missing sometime in 1999. She had an on-again, off-again boyfriend at the time, and he reported seeing her on the street corner one day, and that was the last day that she was seen. But he reported her missing three months after this because... They weren't dating at this time, so it wasn't unusual for him to have not heard from her for a bit. On March 2nd, 1999, Georgina Palin went missing. She was seen drinking at a hotel with Willie Picton. It was said that Georgina left with him and then was never seen again. And we're now at the end of 1999, and the next woman to go missing is Tiffany Drew. At this point, all of these women that are doing sex work now know that there's a serial killer, and they come up with a way to kind of, like, watch each other's backs. Yeah. They start doing a type of buddy system where, like, like they pair up and one girl always knows where the other is at all times and they check in with each other. And they, like, write down license plate and they have a list they have of, a list like, of, bad Johns. Exactly. Willie's on that list. Mm-hmm. But Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So when Tiffany didn't check in with her buddy mm-hmm. um, and then she never came back that night, The other women knew that something had happened. Tiffany's family and friends begged police to take notice, but they pretty much did the same thing they always do, which is absolutely nothing. And then also in December of 1999, a woman named Wendy Crawford went missing. Wendy lived in a mobile home. She had two children and worked as a sex worker on the side to make a little bit of extra money to help care for her children as best as she could. So things start to slow down in the year 2000, but then at the end of the year, we have Dawn Cray, Deborah Jones, and Sharon Abraham that all go missing. And in the beginning of 2001, we have Patricia Johnson, Heather Bottomley, and Heather Chinook. By the second week of June 2001, 22-year-old Andrea Jonesberry has gone missing. Andrea had actually started a methadone program to try and get clean, Mm -hmm. and when she didn't show up for her next appointment, her doctors reported her missing to her family, and her family in turn reported her missing to police. 
So in late August of 2001, 35-year-old Katrina Murphy was visiting her husband in prison. While visiting, her husband told her that she better leave early because it was starting to get dark. And another woman in the waiting room had offered Katrina a ride, but could only take her halfway to her destination. So once she dropped her off, Katrina started hitchhiking the rest of the way. And a van picked her up. This van was filthy. She couldn't see into the windows because they were painted black, but she got in anyways. And when she was inside, she couldn't see into the back of the van because there was a huge piece of cardboard like mm-hmm. blocking her view. The driver was Willie Picton. They had some small talk. Katrina told him where to drop her off. He was kind of asking her, like, where she was coming from, and she told him from Kent, which was the prison that her husband was at. And Willie said, quote, your husband's in Kent prison, so he wouldn't miss you if you didn't get home tonight. He's so fucking creepy, bro. He just gives me, like... Ultimate heebie-jeebies. Yeah. God, he just... That's so ballsy to say, too. Like, oh my god. Yeah. So, obviously, Katrina's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. She starts looking around, and then she notices that there's no door handle on her on her side. Willie, like, they're approaching the place where she tells Willie to stop, and he's in the fast lane. So, she's like, this motherfucker's not gonna pull over. Mm-hmm. And she knew she was in trouble. So, she starts, like, secretly trying to feel through her purse to see if she can find anything to defend herself with. She finds a pencil. And she stabs it in his neck and gouges her eye with his thumb. And then she hurls himself over his lap and pushes his door open to get out. Fucking badass bitch. bitch. Yeah. So she runs to a gas station. She tells the the clerk to call 911. And then when police arrive, they go after Willie. Katrina then hitches a ride with another man at the gas station. How scary would that be? Like, but how else do you get, I mean... How else do you get around? Yeah. Um, She did end up back in prison for armed robbery a few weeks later. And then she also never found out if that the cop that showed up at the gas station actually followed up on trying to find Willie. But she was just thankful to have survived that incident. Yeah. So the same month, August of 2001... 29-year-old Serena Abbott's way went missing. Mm. Serena had actually previously been beaten to death, almost, by one of her Johns. And after this, she attended a rally to pressure police into looking into all these missing women's cases. And while she was there, she gave an interview saying that ever since this incident with one of her Johns, she had kind of gained a sixth sense for knowing who was good and who was bad. Which is really sad, considering the fact that she became another one of the missing women that she was trying to advocate for. Yeah, that's really sad watching that interview. Mm-hmm. She just seems so empty. Towards the end of the year, we have 34-year-old Diane Rock, who went missing in October, and then 26-year-old Mona Wilson, We also have 25-year-old Kara Ellis on the list, who was actually last seen in 1996, so kind of before all of the other ones, but she wasn't reported missing until 2002. Wow. Yeah. 
So now we're in the beginning of 2002, and police are putting this list of missing women together, but they can't do anything without a reason to search his property because, again, they have no bodies. Right. Nothing. Right. Just all this. Just missing women that yeah. haven't left any traces and behind. families that are concerned, but Obviously. Uh, why, why bother? Yeah. So that is when a man named Scott Chubb, <laughs> who was another employee of the farm, he calls and gives a tip that the Picton brothers had illegal weapons on their property. Scott later admitted that the reason he did this was because he was hoping to get paid for giving them information. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. He's like really broke. He's like asking the police about like. Because they had reward money set out. Yeah. I don't know how much, but. Mm-hmm. And isn't it like, even though he's calling about something completely different, if it leads to the conviction of. I think so. Then, then yeah. he gets money. Right. Well, I wonder if he got it. So, Scott also tells police that Willie had been injecting these women with antifreeze. I guess he made a comment saying that he wanted Scott to hurt Lynn, who we talked about in part one. Right. And he said that if Scott were to just inject her with antifreeze, it would kill her instantly. And that no one, yeah, and that no one would question it because she was. Just another druggie. And, it, you know, it's just no one's going to see that little needle mark. Or they just assume that she overdosed. Yeah. And just, you know, whatever. That so, is... That is can you imagine horrifying. getting injected with antifreeze? Like, what? I, like, want to look up who what even, happens, yeah, but I like, don't. Also. That's what I was going to say is, like, who even thinks of something like that? I mean, like, obviously it's not going to be good. <laughs> but, like... Like, you just, you just fuck around and find out? I don't know. It's... Yeah, like, are you just experimenting at this point? Right. You have too much time on your hands, Lily. Yeah, I do wonder what it does, though. I'm kind of interested in knowing. Mm-hmm. I know it's sick, but... <laughs> I mean, we're here. We're here <laughs> doing this. <laughs> so, that says anything. Someone asked in 2017... What would happen if I injected someone with antifreeze and put them in a freezer? That person needs to be on the list. What I'm finding right now is like poisoning, which I feel like is more not injecting necessarily. Hmm. So I don't know, but I wonder if it's like more like blood poisoning, though, like it gets into your bloodstream. I don't know, but it's like a lot of kidney issues and brain damage. Kidney failure. Yeah. I do think, though, that he is, like, out here doing some Jeffrey Dahmer shit to these girls because because of something that they find during the search. And, like, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that. But, right. I mean, he's just, like, I don't, I don't think that he's just killing them just to kill. I think he's more of a sick fuck than we could ever imagine. I mean, he's already... Yeah. To that level, and then he just, he takes it to Jeffrey Dahmer level. Yeah. It just keeps getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. So, even though Scott's tip wasn't necessarily related to the missing women, it still gave them exactly what they needed, which was to get onto... (laughs) What about... (laughs) It just keeps sliding down. How do you feel about 
like illegal firearms. <laughs> Would yeah. you be interested in that? They're like, yeah. 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 If that's what it takes. Yeah, so um, they get on the property, and it was while Willie was least expecting them. And I heard that when they show up, he locked himself into his trailer, and they had to ram the door open. Like, sir. They'll never get me in here. Yeah. Okay. So, just in their initial search, like, they're just searching around, like, peeking around corners for the firearms, right? They're not even, like, searching, searching yet. They find women's IDs, women's clothing, two pairs of fuzzy handcuffs, one pair with blood on them, zip ties, two dildos, a box full of kitchen knives by the bed, papers with the names of the missing women on it, a gun with a dildo stretched over its barrel. How does that even work, though? Like, what kind of dildo do you have that sh- I just- I don't know, but the horrible. sound of that is- it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. And nasty. And crazy. It was- Loaded yeah. and had one spent one shell spent, casing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's shooting them with it. I think he's penetrating them with it, which is fucking just horrifying. Can't even imagine. Uh, they also found a glass jar with some women's hair ties in it, and lastly, and probably mo- probably like the most important piece was an inhaler. With Serena Abbott's Way's name on it. And that is what allowed them to get a search warrant on the premise of murder. So they could do a full search right. of the farm. Because the first one was just specifically for firearms. So they're like, yeah. you know, they can't go really digging around. Like exactly. They have to be very careful of what they get into. Right. It took years to conduct this search. And they were finding pieces of women. There were never any full, intact bodies. Mm-hmm. In the trailer, they found a lot of items belonging to Heather Bottomley, like her notebooks and IDs, all kinds of stuff. They also found syringes filled with antifreeze, so that was, like, definitely a thing. In the slaughterhouse, they found the hooks where he would hang pigs from but there was human flesh on them God. do you think they were alive when he did that i don't know if they were they weren't alive for very long because he gutted, gutted them. them God, so messed up mm-hmm. after excavating everything which like i said this is years worth of work they could positively identify the remains of 27 victims but they're are so many more remains that don't belong to these victims. Like, they were testing the DNA of families that came forward saying that their daughters had gone missing, just trying to, like, Mm -hmm. match it to to anything that they found on the farm. So from all of that information that they gathered, it became pretty clear that he was killing these women in the same way that he would slaughter his pigs. He would break their ankles and wrists... That would leave it literally hanging by tendons. He'd hang them on the hook. They found 
severed heads and hands. Split in half. The head split in half? Yes. What the fuck? Serena Abbott's way and Andrea Josberry specifically were found in a freezer. Serena's remains were only her head, hands, and feet, and her hands... I don't know if it was her hands and her feet. I think it was just her hands, but her hands were tucked inside of her skull. Yeah, because, you know, that is glaringly obvious that it's human versus ribs and other bones that a rendering plant wouldn't necessarily think twice about. That's the kind of shit that he has to keep. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. They also found bones and teeth belonging to Mona Wilson, Brenda Wolf, Georgina Palin. Is it Palin or Pappin? I think it, well, it keeps auto-correcting her name. So I think it's Georgina Pappin, but I think in the beginning I said Palin. Mm. And Marnie Frey, along with DNA belonging to over two dozen more women. So what police have come up with is that Willie was probably slaughtering these women dismembering them and feeds the rest of them through a meat grinder and then the parts that he thought were unusable he would feed to his pigs and then whatever was left like whatever the pigs wouldn't eat he would take it to that rendering plant and now mind you this is all being sold back to the public like if he's running it through meat grinder he's selling that meat to tons of people yeah well because they tested meat like that he had sold Mm mm-hmm and it was a combination of pork and human. Human DNA. Yeah. I cannot fucking imagine um, getting that news. That, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You very likely ate some somebody. Right. But yeah, like with the meat grinder, he's selling it. But then if he's feeding parts of their bodies to the pigs then he's slaughtering those pigs and selling their meat if he's bringing those parts to the rendering plant then they're being put back into you know objects that people use like makeup and gelatin and candy and stuff that they're ingesting like yes exactly it's horrifying to think about yes another little side note here is Gina Houston. Mm-hmm. We talked about her. She's the girl that Willie supposedly adored. She said that while the farm was being raided, Willie suggested that they both kill themselves. Hmm. Yeah. She testified in court saying that Willie told her that they had to do something. There was no way out. So that's really interesting. So Willie is charged on February 22nd, 2002. He was first arrested on two counts of murder and they added four more. And despite the outrage from the public and the victims' families, they really just wanted to focus on these these six because they were the most solid cases that they had. Which sucks, but it makes sense. Yeah. You know? Well, because if they had a mistrial, he could never be charged think, yeah. with those murders again. So they really wanted to make sure they had him. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Which, at least get him. Yeah, because, like, he's got away with it for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to make sure we do it right this time. Right. Yeah, kind of like you were saying. In 2004, it was revealed to the Canadian public that there may have been human remains in the meat that was sold from the Picton farm. Also, he, like, never wore gloves. And, like, he, the well, state mean, of his farm. He's just a gross human. Like, he never showered. He was afraid of showers. Bathed maybe once a week. 
His like, ma- bro, his mattress had a black stain down the middle. You I think this man is sanitary? Imagine. Why would people see him and think, yeah, yeah he I want a good meat, <laughs> right? I want to eat their that right meat. Mind? Oh my god. I don't know. I really I really don't know. Anyways, cuz he had freezers on the farm that he would store yeah. that like people could buy their meat and store it there. Yeah. So it's not like they're buying it in a fucking supermarket not knowing where it's coming from. Right. Like they see, they go there and see the gnarliness. <laughs> also not Couldn't. wearing gloves and like butchering. Couldn't be oh. me. Couldn't be me. Mm-mm. So once Willie was arrested, they actually placed him in a cell with an undercover cop. They were hoping he would spill the beans and brag a little bit, which he did. Mm-hmm. You know. While eating beans. Was that what he was eating? <laughs> okay, I nobody I couldn't find anywhere what he was eating, but that it's fitting. Mm-hmm. It's fitting. So Willie expressed that he was very annoyed because he'd only gotten to kill 49 women and he was he was caught so before close. hitting 50. Oh, fuck you, Willie. You're a garbage human. Yeah, so his trial began on January 30th, 2006. He pleaded not guilty to 27 charges of first-degree murder. A year later, he faced that trial for the the six women, and the jury came back not guilty on first-degree murder. Mm-hmm. And he was instead charged with second-degree murder because the jury wasn't convinced that the murders were planned or premeditated. I thought it was because they couldn't say for sure that it was only him, that he didn't have any help. I think it's a combination of those things. But because of that, the maximum that the judge was able to give him was... uh, 25 like what they life consider sentence, life which is yeah like with the weird. possibility of parole after 25 years yeah. served um i heard though that he was the judge was going to give him life but the uh, possibility of parole after 10 years until the victim statements were read and then he changed his mind he's oh, like God. yeah i'm gonna go with the maximum which i'm like why would why would you even consider i don't i yeah and kind of like you were saying, there are a lot of people that believe that Willie did not act alone. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, after all, he did have all of these women that were willingly going and picking up these sex workers for him. They lived on the farm. They all had weird experiences with him. Gina <laughs> later admitted that she knew there were bodies on the farm. Yeah, and... Was it Lisa that was um, his best friend and like told Ross that she's like, I think that this is where all the bodies are, like the missing yeah. women are going. Like, okay, you ha- you put that together, but then she denied everything because what? Because she hates police. Yeah, fucking liar. Yeah, I hate police. No, <laughs> these. That's. Ugh. I think that's what pisses me off about this case. I mean. Probably the most annoying thing is the fact that police literally give zero shits about these women. But the second most annoying thing is probably the fact that so many people knew. And they were just too fucking selfish to come forward and say anything. Mm -hmm. I don't believe for a second that 
Although it sucks because some did, and they were just oh, and they were just brushed seriously. off. Yeah, yeah. It just, it's like, but how many? <sighs> like, how many does it take? You have all these people coming forward. Yeah, you know, right? It, all it would have taken is for Lisa to not say that Ross is lying when the police come to ask her. Yeah, not Lisa, Lynn. Oh God. Well, both of them. Yeah, both of them did. Yeah. Oh God. Which Lynn? Because remember, Lynn was scared that she would get in trouble for blackmailing him. I 100% believe it was because he was supplying her with drugs. And she didn't want that to stop. Yeah. He was paying these people really good money. And that's what I mean, is they were just too selfish to, like, even care. You know, as long as I get what I need at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, like, I'm going to keep doing what he asked me to do. It's so fucked up. It is. But It's all um, so sad. Lisa, though, I don't know what the fuck her problem is. She's not a sex worker, and she wasn't hooked on drugs as far as I know. Maybe she was, but why not just... Because he's Because she hates God. Yeah, that's (laughs) such a bullshit excuse. I don't know what her problem is, but... I don't know. I want to know what that fucking quote she says is, though. Oh, the... the She took... They twisted around all the way back to Sunday, and... I don't... I'm stupid like that. I don't know. Are you, do you think you're able to put that clip in there? Yeah. The reason I didn't say much to the cops, and they may take it as stonewalling, is for one, I hate cops. And two, I didn't see anything. You give a cop an inch, they take a mile. They turn around, they take the story, twist it 10 ways to Sunday, and blow it up. So then you're sitting in a pile of shit which you didn't even say in the first place, and they're twisting it in your face. She's fucking gnarly. Whoa, (laughs) what? Uh, Whatever website I just stumbled upon, I don't know exactly who Connor is, but Connor said Yields was a cop hater and a Nazi sympathizer. What? Checks out. And they didn't think they would get the information from her unless they conducted an undercover operation. So, yeah. A lot of people don't think that Willie did this alone. And I was kind of looking into that theory a little bit more. And something that I found very interesting was about Lynn Ellingson. Mm -hmm. She was the one who saw the woman's body hanging in the barn. So, in October of 2022, she was sentenced to 12 months in jail for threatening her boss. I guess it took place back in March of 2020. She left a voicemail on her then-boss's phone saying, quote, You know what, you stupid bitch? We're going to raise pigs, and you, you're going to be the first one I feed to the pigs. You got it? This bitch knows more than she said. And, like, what did he do? Like, fucking deny her vacation? God damn. I don't even know what it was regarding, but the boss was a... It was a woman, and I guess she made comments, too, about, like, her children and stuff. I don't know exactly what, but... Yeah, so... Oh, my God, what a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she's the one that never reported the fact that there was a literal dead body because she was I was blackmailing him for money for my drugs. What? So I, I honestly, like, I wouldn't doubt if some of these women and then some of his employees were either helping or helping cover it up. Dave? Yeah. Like... Yeah, it, there's... Because Dave was going around getting him women, too. Yeah, I mean, there's just... There's... Uh, who fucking knows? But it's all... Yeah. So... Icky. <sighs> so, um... In less than a year, he is eligible for parole. Wow. That's... February 22nd, 2024. That is... Insane to yeah. think about. Very interesting that Canada has those kind of laws. I guess a lot of places have that though, where like life is not what it is in America. Yeah. Like a life sentence is not, like, I don't think of a life sentence as being 25 years. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm, I'm 26 and I feel like I still got a lot of life to live. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. Hope the good Lord spares me another day. <laughs> but no, I I agree. Like I don't think twenty five years in comparison to killing even just one human being is like even a question in my right. mind. And you know, I I highly doubt that he'll be oh no paroled no. right. But still, the fact that he's eligible is wonk. And it's just crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be, like, what, 72, 74-ish? I don't even know. An old motherfucker. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't... <sighs> what a wacky case. Yeah, so, um, these last two were picked by me. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, it just, uh... Maybe next week we'll go a little bit wider. Well, I was thinking maybe an Unsolved Mystery for next next week. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, um, we'll do that then. Alright, well, that is... That's is, it, folks. Uh, That's what we got for you. Really picked in. Thank you for being here. I'm sorry that we had to split it up into two. It's it was it's a it was lot. a lot, but we got through it together. And now we can all be traumatized together with the thought of Willie Picton. I thought he's so fucking nasty as an old man. Oof. Yeah, if he was that bad in his youth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He probably has that ranked old man smell, <gasps> like. The to the musk. tenth degree. Yeah. He got some heavy musk. <laughs> so gross. Well, don't dream of Willie. That's a lovely image and to if leave any, with. Any of your friends remind you of Ed Gein. Cut him off. Do baby. fucking something about it, please. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's a no no. Yeah. Well Well, thank you for being here. And as always, you. remember to, to keep it. Spooky. Keep it spooky. <laughs>